Chapter 16 of Travel Stories Retold from St. Nicholas by Various. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 16 Out in the Big Game Country by Clarence H. Rowe. In the Big Game Country, is there a healthy, red blooded American boy who does not feel a thrill of excitement at the thought? In spite of our civilization, there is, in many, a lingering thrill in the very thought of the chase handed down through a long line of ancestry dating back to the time when the chase meant food rather than sport. The stage setting for big game is perfect. In the sheep country of Wyoming or the deer country of Colorado, it is at an altitude of from nine to 13,000 feet above sea level, where the air is clear and crisp with the tang of winter, the huge stretches of wild open country lying like a picture at one's feet. Could anything be more beautiful and invigorating? A reconnoitering point will sometimes reveal a view of almost a hundred miles. Across a gulch of some twenty miles, the distant buttresses of red sandstone rock are painted with slashes of golden copper, the somber pines straggling almost to the top, interwoven with the delicate tracery of the quaking aspens, now beautifully colored by the frosts at our feet nestles a park as the valleys are called and possibly a silvery thread of water winds in and out nature paints with a full rich palette in this glorious western country the skies ravel those of italy in depth and while possibly a bit more crude and raw color are for this very reason more in keeping with the broad vigorous landscape in the big game country, everything is big, not only the game, but the mountains, the valleys, and the people. Small statures bred in these surroundings expand and broaden. It is only natural. All this seems far removed from the subject of elk, Rocky Mountain sheep, and bear, but to every true sportsman, these constitute fully one half of the game. The Rocky Mountain sheep are by far the most majestic and dignified of the animals of this locality. They are fond of the rock-studded mountainsides, and often a huge sentinel ram, silhouetted against the sky, will reveal the feeding place of a group of ewes and lambs. The task now, if one is fortunate enough to be to the windward of him, is, after tethering your horse, to work slowly and carefully to within range, usually from two to four hundred yards. Distances out there are most deceptive, owing to the clear, rarefied air, and an object that seems to be a few hundred yards distant may prove to be almost a mile elk come next and the lucky hungry hunter who has bagged his six-point buck would need more space than at my command to tell how he did it antelope surpass both sheep and elk for timidity they are extremely wary and possibly the most difficult of all game to get within range they are found in the lower and open country Underlying all the hopes and expectations in the hunter's mind is the thought of bear, and of course first of these stands the grizzly. These are getting scarcer every year, and most of us, if we must get a bear, will have to be content with a yearling or a two-year-old black bear. There is no special country for them. As a rule, in the summer and fall, they come down in the low parks to feast on the berries. Toward winter, they are more likely to be found higher up the slopes. 
after the first snow an occasional raid on the highest and loneliest ranches is looked upon by bruin as the thing at one of the ranches nestling at the foot of mount evans in colorado miles away from any other habitation a rancher put a cowbell on each of his horses when turned loose thinking to frighten the bears bruin had a penchant for the frisky little colts gambling about the mountainside and thought it quite neighborly to chase the whole herd mares and all helter-skelter down to the ranch it was quite common for the rancher to be aroused at night by the clanging of bells and the clatter of hoofs as the horses scampered into the corral sheep elk and bear all go above the timber line the height of this line varies in different sections ten thousand to ten thousand five hundred feet is an average a good wiry horse that isn't gun shy and will allow packing the game back to camp is a necessity for often a bag is made too far from camp for a regular pack animal to bring in above all in the confusion of getting together the regular camp outfit don't forget to slip a paper of trout flies and line into the duffel bag the little streams winding through the parks will reward an hour's casting with half a dozen or so delicious mountain trout running from six to ten inches in length they are small but make up in quality and flavor when the hunt is over we take our parting look at the grim old mountains so silent and peaceful and wend our way back to civilization happy and humble in the overpowering glory and majesty of what the natives call god's own country end of chapter sixteen end of travel stories retold from st nicholas by various